With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to get to know your foe, Indianapolis Colts edition. The Jets taking on the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow in prime time. This is the only prime time game for the Jets, at least on the schedule right now. I guess there's always a possibility they get flexed, but I kind of doubt it. So to talk about the Indianapolis Colts, we bring in our friend who now has far more appearances than anybody who doesn't actually cover the Jets for a living on this show, Mr. George Bremer. George, as always, I looked at the schedule, I saw that the Jets were playing the Colts, and I thought to myself, I don't know if this is going to be a good game or a disaster, but at least I'll get to talk to George and do a podcast with him, so that's a win. Yeah, no, it feels like it's been forever. There was no combine this year, so we got to talk a little bit around the draft, but uh, we usually get to talk a little more often than this in a given year. Yeah, well, we talk all the time off a of podcast, but usually we get to do True. a couple of them a year. Unfortunately, this year, there was no trade with the Jets and the Colts, like you said. There was no combine, because usually you'll call in and tell us what's going on there, because it's in Indianapolis. So this is the first time that we've had the opportunity to do a podcast in a while, like you said. And I wanted to bring up recent news and tie it into the Colts because I thought you'd have an interesting perspective on this. A viewer watching the game, and I believe it was Jet Up Nation crew had this, 
John Beck, who was Zach Wilson's personal quarterback tutor for quite a while when he was at BYU, was on the sidelines wearing Jets gear, and somebody said, this must mean that John Beck is a member of the Jets coaching staff now, right? And so Rich Semini from ESPN finally came out and confirmed that news. Indeed, John Beck is now a member of the Jets coaching staff, so the Jets have brought in reinforcements. They got Zach Wilson's private quarterback tutor in here, And I got to tell you, I like the move because whenever you've got a young, potentially emerging quarterback, especially in a situation like this where you had that unfortunate passing of Greg Knapp, so they've had a bit of a hole at the quarterback coach spot for a while, plus Wilson was struggling, you want to make him as comfortable as possible. And so bringing in Beck here makes a lot of sense to me. And I think there's two parallels with the Colts here, and I wanted you to talk about that before we get into what's going on with the Colts specifically. The first one is the most recent. Carson Wentz comes into the Indianapolis Colts. We know that he thrived under Frank Reich with Philly, and then he fell off when Frank Reich left. Now he goes to Indianapolis, and he seems to have picked up where he left off. I'm not saying that he's an elite quarterback, but I think he's done very well so far for what the Colts were expecting, and Reich really staked his reputation on going out and making a trade for Carson Wentz and being able to turn him around, and so far, Wentz looks much more comfortable back with Reich. Also, as you reminded me, Pep Hamilton, who was the offensive coordinator for Andrew Luck at Stanford, was brought in after Bruce Arians left the Colts to go take the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals, and so Hamilton came in in Luck's second season in the league. Luck had a pretty good rookie year, but threw a lot of interceptions. The next two years, he took a lot better care of the ball under Pep Hamilton, and I would imagine that their connection from the Stanford days and Pep Hamilton knowing which buttons to push really helped. So talk to me a little bit here, George, about what you think of the John Beck hire and how it compares and contrasts to the Carson Wentz-Frank Reich situation and the Pep Hamilton-Andrew Luck situation. Yeah, you know, I think that the most important thing you can do, especially for a young quarterback, is, is give them something that they can kind of cling to, some kind of security blanket, some kind of comfort level that, that you can, you know, introduce into the, into the system. And I think that was one of the big things for the Colts, especially uh, with Luck. He had a good rookie year. You know, no one's going to deny that. Um, but the turnovers were not where they want them to be. Uh, and you could tell that, you know, he was – he wasn't forcing things, but he was playing in Bruce Arians' scheme, which is fine. That's what coaches do. When Pep Hamilton came in, you know, he brought a lot of the Stanford stuff over. And it was a lot of things that Luck had already seen before, uh, that, that, you know, plays that he was familiar with, plays that – He liked the best in in his system. And so I think you could just see him from really from day one of training camp. He responded to the fact that here's a familiar face. Here's a guy who knows me like no other. And then you've seen the same thing this year with, with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. It's easy to forget right now. Carson Wentz didn't have a training camp, not to speak of. I mean, he was out for three weeks with, after having the foot injury and and surgery uh, right at the start of camp. I think he practiced, I'm going to say five or six times before the season with his teammates. Um, so, you know, in light of that, what he's done this year is even more remarkable, uh, given the fact that it's a whole new group of receivers, you know, new offensive line he's, he's playing behind. Uh, and it took, they had their growing pains. There's no doubt about it. It took a while. He got hurt again. He had two ankle sprains uh, that he had to fight through. But you're starting to see him 
kind of start to settle in. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, probably why the Jets brought in back mechanics. You know, Frank Reich was there when Carson Wentz had his best season in Philadelphia. Uh, he was really the guy who brought him into the NFL and introduced him to the pro game. And so their start from way back in the spring, that's what it was all about, rebuilding from the ground up, getting those mechanics back right, getting him to to get back into the good habits that he has to have to play well. And I would imagine that's probably the number one thing that the Jets are going for. With Pep Hamilton, it was more scheme, give, give luck looks that he's had before, give him plays that he's run before. You know, let him get comfortable that way. With Wentz, I think it's more repetition. You know, getting back into that muscle memory, getting back into the the kind of practice regimen, everything before the game that he does to get ready to play. And I would imagine when you're bringing in John Beck that that that's what the Jets are going for with Zach Wilson. I would think. I would assume that that's the thought process, and I like the move. Give your young quarterback as much help as possible. Make him as comfortable as possible. John Beck has done good work with Zach Wilson. Let's see now what he can do going forward. Right now, it's Mike White playing against the Indianapolis Colts, not Zach Wilson, who's still injured. We know what Mike White did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Shocked the world, threw for over 400 yards. Now, what a lot of people have pointed out is that so many of those passes were short. It's not really a repeatable performance. You can't expect this type of game Every single week. The first thing I wanted to ask you, George, is when we were talking about this on social media, you said what the Jets did with Mike White against the Cincinnati Bengals is the exact formula that you would expect a team to use to try and beat the Indianapolis Colts defense led by Matt Eberflus. I want you to expand upon that. And I also want you to talk a little bit about how Eberflus prepares his team, because even if that is a weak spot, if he knows what's coming, if he knows what Mike White does and what the Jets do with Mike White at quarterback, I would imagine that he's going to put all his energy into trying to force Mike White to beat them over the top. He'll stack the box. He'll make sure that everybody is as covered as possible at short, shallow distances and try and get Mike White to throw the ball down the field. So tell me a little bit about how this is such a big weakness for the Colts and how you expect Eberflus to try and stop White knowing what he knows and the way that Eberflus typically prepares the Colts for games like this. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, one of your favorite Colts, Darius Leonard, said mm. basically exactly what you were talking about today, that they've been watching the very little tape they have on White. Obviously, they've got, what, a game and a couple of quarters uh, to look at. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're looking at what he does best and, and, and what he did against the Bengals. And, and Darius Leonard said point blank today, they want to make him throw the ball deep. They want to see if they can get him to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, try to make him force the ball downfield. Uh, you know, that's going to be the goal. It'll be interesting to see if they have any success with that because the two things that have most consistently hurt this defense since Eberflus came in, any quarterback who can kind of roll out, Ryan Tannehill did a lot of that Sunday for Tennessee, you know, when they, especially on, on like scrambles, uh, the Colts have had trouble just corralling guys. It's a big part of how the Ravens came back on that Sunday night game against them. You know, quarterback getting outside the pocket and making plays with either his legs or his arm uh that's one of the biggest problems that this defense has which i don't think i don't know that that's that much different than any defense i think you probably go to just about every defense in the nfl and they have trouble with with quarterbacks rolling out and, and getting big gains on them in, in those situations the other big one though 
And it's the reason guys like Brock Osweiler and Blaine Gabbard and, and some guys who don't have really uh, successful NFL careers have had some big games against the Colts over the years. It predates Eberflus. It's been one of the things that's been pretty consistent since he got here. These quarterbacks that get the ball out quick, those short intermediate throws, and you go down the field five, seven yards at a time, that's been poison to this defense. And a lot of it has to do with this scheme. I mean, when you're looking at that cover two shell, which it looked like Cincinnati played quite a bit of uh, on Sunday, you know, that's that's where the weakness is. You're trying to force them to throw the ball over the top. And then when you do that, you know, you get into interceptions, you get into pass breakups. The other thing you're trying to do, and I think it's an antiquated idea, it's the biggest weakness in this scheme. You want to try to make a guy take a 14-play drive instead of a three-play drive, you know, get down the field. Your hope is somewhere in there, there's a penalty that's, that sets them behind the sticks. There's a sack that maybe gets them off schedule or there's a turnover, you know, ideally. But if you don't do those things and if a quarterback's patient and if he's quick enough with his release and it looks like White was, then you see them just go right down the field. And if you look at the defensive stats right now, the Colts are giving up 70% completions this year. And that's after not a terrific game by Tannehill. He had good yardage, and he ended up throwing three touchdowns late, but he also threw two picks. And I think he was around 60%, which is good for most weeks. Uh, for the Colts, it, it's one of the better performances they've had because, you know, that's that's what this defense does, right? You, you keep the ball in front of you, and then you tackle. And again, the idea is you make them take as many plays as possible to get down the field somewhere along the line, a penalty, a turnover, a sack turns, you know, turns the tide. I think if white is willing to do what he did against Cincinnati and take what's there and not force things, uh, I think, I think he's set up. He can have a lot of success against this defense. Should be one heck of a chess match there between Mike LaFleur and Matt Eberflus. Knowing what you just said, which is that what Mike White does well is what the Colts struggle to defend. So it'll be a question of, as you said, Darius Leonard and those guys watching the tape trying to figure out ways to stop what White does. Those quick strike passes and the runs behind the left side of the line, particularly Elijah Vera Tucker, that's what they're going to have to focus on, trying to make Mike White beat them over the top. Can they force Mike White into that? And if they do, can Mike White succeed? That is the million-dollar question. A lot of the problems with the Colts this year have to do with injuries on the defensive side of the ball, though, right, George? They've been banged up badly at safety. Yeah, they've been really banged up. Uh, Julian Blackman, they lost him for the season a couple weeks ago, tore up his knee against the Texans. Uh, and then, so you're down to Takari Willis, and he went out early in the game against Tennessee uh, with a calf injury. He's not going to play this week. It looks like, I mean, in all likelihood, you know, he didn't practice all week. So, you know what that usually leads to. Uh, so, <laughs> we'll see how that, especially on a short week. I mean, you kind of figure there were three guys that came out of that game banged up, and you kind of figured even Sunday night they weren't going to play Thursday. I mean, how often – does a guy get hurt on Sunday and play on Thursday? It better be a pretty minor injury. And sure enough, Taekwon Lewis, another guy who was having a really good, quietly having a really good year for this team, uh, defensive lineman. He can play inside and out, got a lot of good pressure, uh, really took advantage of playing next to, to DeForest Buckner. He tore up his knee on a fluke play. He got an interception, which how often does that happen? He was dropping in coverage. It actually worked. You know, how many times you see the defensive end drop in coverage and get the pick? 
Uh, but as he was going on the return, it looks like something happened non-contact, which is the worst thing you know with the knees. Something happened as he was going to the ground. He ends up fumbling. The Titans get the ball back. It's a big swing in that game. But he tore his patella tender. Patella tendon, easy for me to say. He's done for the year. Uh, and I would imagine that's going to affect him in the next year. I mean, that's one of those things that that's obviously a pretty serious situation. So you've got one key member of the defensive line out because of that. You've got both safeties out. Xavier Rhodes has been in and out of the lineup with calf injuries. Rocky Sen at the other corner has been in and out of the lineup with ankle injuries. I think they'll both play this week, but, you know, they've both been banged up and, and it, it's been a problem. And, and Leonard has not been healthy for a single game this year. He's feeling the best he has all year, but he dealt with an ankle. He had surgery in the offseason to try to correct this ankle issue. It's been nagging him for a couple years now. It obviously didn't work. Uh, he's been, he was limited in training camp. He's been heavily taped up on that ankle, even in practice. He's not on the injury report anymore, but I'm not sure what that really means. Um, he, you know, I mean, you, you can do a lot of things with that. As we all know, he's been limited. There's no question about it. He's moving better than, than he was early in the year, but he's not that 100% Darius Leonard that, that everybody knows, you know, that wrecking ball, now, it hasn't cost him a lot. He, he still has two interceptions. I think he's knocked out five uh, fumbles. I think until Sunday, I think Sunday was the first time he hasn't had a hand in a turnover in a game this year. So that's the one bugaboo, I think, you know, that from what I've seen in a little bit, I mean, none of us have a really book on Mike White yet, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that does stand out is the four interceptions. I think that's that's what the Colts want to do. As much as their weakness has been those quick passes and, and he can attack them that way, the strength of this defense and, and even through all these injuries and things that they've been dealing with is takeaways. I think they're at 18 now on the year. Uh, they're really close. They might be in the lead, uh, but they're right there near the top of the, the league in takeaways. And that's – I mean, this defense is built on sacks and takeaways. Mm -hmm. They haven't got a lot of sacks, although that's been building. Buckner's been hot. I think he's got a sack in three straight games right now. Um that pressure is not where they want it to be yet, though. But the takeaways have been coming in bunches. And I think that's, to me, that's a danger zone for White. You know, again, take what's there. Don't try to do too much because those turnovers have been resulting in, in points for the Colts. They've done a really good job in, in cashing those in. And one of the strangest things to me about this season, they're three and five, but they've outscored their opponents by 17 points. You don't see that very often. George, I would imagine that if we're talking about taking the ball away and getting pressure on the quarterback, it all begins and ends with Darius Leonard as far as takeaways go. But after that, you do still have one of the more underrated slot corners in the league in Kenny Moore, who has two interceptions this year and is always around the ball. And as far as getting pressure on the quarterback, you mentioned it before. DeForest Buckner is the key to all of that. The Jets are going to have to put all their energy into stopping him. You know how much I love DeForest Buckner. When the Colts got him, I texted you and said, oh man, what a move. He said, I don't know, 13th overall pick. I was like, trust me, most people have no idea how good DeForest Buckner is. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's been exactly as advertised. He's made me look good to you for what I said to you when the Colts got him, which thank you for that, DeForest Buckner. So I'd imagine that Kenny Moore is going to be key to helping Darius Leonard create some turnovers. And then as far as throwing Mike White off his game, getting heat on him, it's going to be all about DeForest Buckner up front. The Jets are going to probably have to double team him most times. 
And you'd have to think that they will do everything they can to keep him off of Mike White because if they can do that, the Colts might have some trouble getting to him. Yeah, absolutely. It all starts with Buckner up front. It's funny because I've come around on him completely. I was skeptical, like you said. You know, I, I, I always figured Ballard knows what he's doing when he goes after a guy, but, you know, I didn't – I really didn't know what they were getting. And now here we are, you know, two years later or during his second season, and I have no idea how San Francisco let him get out of the building. I mean, <laughs> not it's not just what he does on the field, which is plenty and, and, and reason enough. He's a huge leader for this team in the locker room. Uh, he's the guy that called a players-only meeting after the 0-3 start. You know, he he's just he's he's one of the few guys on this roster who's played in the Super Bowl. Um, he he's everything you want a football player to be: productive, uh, great character guy, huge leader in the community, huge leader in the locker room. I really I I struggle to figure out. I know the 49ers had salary cap issues, but this is a guy you build your franchise around. I, I don't know how you let this guy go uh, under any circumstances. That being said. He's been facing double and triple teams all year long, and the Colts have not not gotten that consistent rush off the edge to kind of make people think twice about that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. Aquadin Muhammad has sort of filled that that Denico Autry role for him. Uh, he's got three sacks and 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 he's had his moments. Solid veteran, but not the kind of guy that you know Mike LaFour is going to stay up worrying about you know sleepless this week. Um, the real kind of mystery out there for them is, is Quiddy pay the first round pick got a hamstring injury early, really just rounding into hundred percent now. So the production hasn't been there yet. There's been some pressures. You haven't seen him get home yet. I think he's the guy they're counting on as this season goes on, as he gets healthier, if he can start taking advantage of one-on-one matchups on the edge, maybe you can get Buckner going a little bit more because of that. You know, that's sort of the goal they want to they want to get to. The most underrated guy on that line is Grover Stewart. He plays next to Buckner. They take him out in most pass rush situations, but he can do it from time to time. But he's the reason that Derrick Henry only got 68 yards on Sunday. He's the reason they were able to snap the, the Ravens 100-yard rushing streak. Uh, it's really hard to run the ball when, when big number 90 is in there. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk a little offense, George. And before we talk about the passing game and the rushing game, let's discuss some injury news. T.Y. Hilton not going to play tomorrow. And it looks like Quint Nilsson's kind of up in the air. If he doesn't play, that's obviously huge for the Jets. Yeah, you know, and, and Nelson's been in and out of lineup this year. He, he's another guy that's been – this whole roster's been snake bit, but, you know, he's a guy who had missed, I think, a handful of snaps uh, coming into this season, but uh, got the same foot injury Wentz did, which is just odd. Uh, I don't know if that's really happened in training camp. They were out at the same time, uh, three weeks for each of them, and then they both got ankle injuries early in the season. Uh, Wentz with both ankles played through it. Uh, they put Nelson on IR and he missed three games and he had just come back. I think this would be his third straight game back, but I think he's going to be a game time decision. I mean, it, that's the way it kind of looks. Toe injury. We'll see where it goes. Chris Reed's played really well uh, when he's had to come in. And so on that side of things, the left side of the line stays pretty, pretty good in the run blocking element. Um, Eric Fisher's coming back from a Achilles and you can still see that a little bit in his pass blocking. He's, he's given up more, uh, pressures and, and sacks that I think that they would want him to to have at this point, but he's been a bulldozer on the run. What happens with Nelson out, though, is Mark Glowinski has to slide back into the right guard spot. He was really solid for them the last few years, but he has really struggled this year. And so I think Reed will hold up. He's not quitting Nelson, but he'll hold up on the left side. Where the problem comes now is that right guard where Glowinski's really not been at, at the level he needs to be. In the passing game, I've been really impressed with what the Colts have been able to pull off. A lot of question marks about Carson Wentz when he went into Indy. The thought process, as we said before, George, was that if anybody could get him back to where he was before last season, it would be Frank Reich. And so far, it's mostly gone according to plan. He's had his share of mistakes. I know he had a bad game against the Tennessee Titans. But you've got to be impressed with his toughness first and foremost. Everybody thought he might miss a couple of games. He ended up ready for the regular season, and he's produced pretty well. 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions, averaging over seven yards per attempt, 62% completion percentage. So he's not at an all-pro level, but for what they gave up and the level of starter he is right now, which is probably in that 10 to 15 range, that's pretty good. And as far as his targets... One of the most underrated aspects of the Colts passing game is their ability to get the ball to the tight end in short yardage situations. Mo Cox is very sneaky. We saw what he did against the Jets last year. He's got four touchdowns under the radar this year. But the big target, we talked about T.Y. Hilton in the past. That's been the guy. Now it's Michael Pittman Jr., the second-year man out of USC. He's got almost 600 yards receiving four touchdowns he has been the go-to guy for Carson Wentz in the passing game so talk to me a little bit about how this Colts aerial attack has worked so far this year yeah you know I think Wentz being in that 10 to 15 range they're going to take that you know they're they know he's not going to be a top five quarterback in this league 
Uh, and they're not asking him to be, but if he can stay in that, you know, upper middle class kind of <laughs> level in among the quarterback tiers, I think that's what they need. And and the offense has been pretty productive. Even Sunday, as bad as things were, he averaged about 4.9 yards an attempt, which was way lower than he's been most of the season. Uh, I think it was like five of, of 22 uh, on throws 10 yards or, or more downfield, which has not happened all year either. He's been really good on the deep ball until Sunday, uh, five of 18 or something like that in the fourth quarter in overtime uh, when they really needed him and both interceptions came during that time. And that's what stands out. That's what everybody's you know on him for this week and rightfully so. I mean, this is a results-oriented league. That was the biggest game of the year and he didn't come up uh, big when he needed to at the end of the game. But I don't think it wipes out what he's done the first seven weeks for this team. And I don't think it makes them any less dangerous. And even all those numbers are just threw out there. They still scored 31 points on Sunday. It's not like the offense was stuck in the mud and, and never found the end zone. You know, 31 points will win you a few games in this league. Um, and and, it, and it, I think it's their fourth or fifth straight game over 30. Since Wentz's ankles have healed, and as he's gotten more confidence with the guys around him or comfortable with the personnel around him, this offense has really started to move. It was a very uncharacteristic game against Tennessee, and credit the Titans for a lot of that. They were very, very physical in the secondary, uh, and I think that that was able to, to take away a lot of the yards after the catch that the Colts have been getting. Uh, this offense had been really quick strike, big play kind of. Uh, they got a couple big pass interference again, which they've been getting and and – three or four weeks in a row now, really big plays that way. But their only like on-field big gain really was a 38-yarder on the drive that tied it in the fourth quarter, which was Pittman just going up among four Titans defenders and bringing the ball down. And I think that's – he's added such an element to this offense that he really never have had before. That big athletic receiver uh, who go out and, and make plays, get physical um, – you know, they haven't necessarily had that guy. And Wentz in the last few weeks has just so showed so much tremendous faith in him. He'll literally just throw the ball up at times and just have the belief that, that Pittman's going to come down with it. George, when it comes to the running game, I only have one thing to say. Jonathan Taylor's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that that's the other big controversy right now. 52 passes. <laughs> Just 20 runs on Sunday against Tennessee. Uh, a lot of things play into that, obviously. Uh, there were some situations with hurry-up offense, and they got some penalties that put them behind the sticks, and now you got to throw. And, you know, all those things come into play. Uh, but Taylor had 16 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown, and I think people would love to see that closer to 25 carries. Um, two games against Tennessee this year in 26 carries total. You probably want that closer to 40. Um, and we'll see. You know I mean? It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. This is a team that wants to run the football, that likes to run the football. Um, I think it's funny because when they lost at Baltimore, there was a lot of talk about you're too aggressive, you know, don't don't push things as much as you did. And now – or not aggressive enough against Baltimore. Sorry, you know, they, they, they kind of settled for a field goal and got blocked. Ravens go down and tie it. Now they, they were very ultra-aggressive against Tennessee, and now that's the complaint. And that's how it goes, right? You lose – Obviously, you should have done what you didn't do. Uh, but Taylor has been the most consistent part of this team. The carries, you know, about 15 a game right now. Maybe that can go up, but that's where he's been. I mean, even last year, was it was 15.5 per game last year. It's 15.1 per game this year. 
He's been more involved in the passing offense than we've seen him be. Uh, he had three catches for 52 yards Sunday, has a 76-yard touchdown this year on, on a screen. Uh, so they'll definitely get him involved that way too. So his touches aren't just all on the ground the way they were last year, more or less. Um, and, you know, the, they brought Hines in less often now, and it, I think it helps them disguise things more. Last year is kind of obvious. Naeem Hines came in the game. They were probably going to throw to the running back. If it was Taylor, they were probably going to run. You can't necessarily bank on that anymore uh, because Taylor has been a much bigger part of the, the passing game. But I think you can make a case. You know, maybe it's Kareem Hunt. Maybe there's a couple other guys in the mix. You can make a case after Derrick Henry and with Henry down now, the next best running back in the NFL might very well be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's just been everything that they could hope for when they drafted him. Uh, and he's, he's, you know, he's a guy that they haven't given him that 25, 30 carry game very often. I, I think maybe week two last year against the Vikings, he got one of those, but he's a guy that's ready for it every week. You know, he's a workhorse back, a throwback in many ways. Uh, and I think his ability to run the ball when Wentz is efficient, when he's hitting the downfield throws and he's not turning the ball over and you have Pittman's explosiveness, and then you have to deal with Taylor. When all those cylinders are clicking, this is a really hard offense to stop. George, based on everything we've talked about, how do you expect the Colts to approach this game? What would you do if you were the Jets strategy-wise going up against the Colts? Because obviously you know everything that the Colts are good at and what they're going to do. So if you were the Jets, how would you plan to try and stop what they do best? And then last but not least, how do you expect this to turn out tomorrow night? Yeah, you know, I think offensively I wouldn't change anything if I was the Jets. I would I would do exactly what you did against Cincinnati. Get White, you know, into those get the ball out of his hand quick, let him take those intermediate throws and just move down the field methodically on this team. And also keep the ball out of the Colts' hands, which is never a bad thing either. Uh, I think though that's a really a, a double positive for the Jets, you know, if they're able to to pull that off. And I think defensively the teams that have had the best luck against this team Stuff the run to the best that you can and try to force Wentz into playing hero ball a little bit. That's what got him uh, against the Titans. You know, those those late drives, they caught a tight end screen at the eight-yard line, which Reich is still kicking himself for. Wentz basically had pressure from D Bud Dupree almost immediately, and he went to dirt the ball. Apparently, Ryan Kelly was kind of in the way a little bit. Something funky happened on the block, and so where he was initially going to throw it, it really wasn't there. And then by the time he wanted to adjust to it, Dupree's all over him. He ends up throwing the ball left-handed, which he should never do anyway, while in the grass. And it's an easy interception for Elijah Molden, who literally walked into the end zone. That gave the Titans a seven-point lead with like a minute and a half to go. Colts are able to come back down and tie the game and force overtime. But on the second overtime possession, and this is the one that I think Wentz would most want back, and it's the one he's rightfully getting hammered for the most here in Indy, First down at your own 27-yard line. You still got about four and a half minutes left in overtime. Both teams have had the ball, so a field goal will win this for you. You're at your own 27. There's no reason right now to, to be ultra-aggressive. Jonathan Taylor, if you go back and look, there's plenty of, of video on, on online of this. Wide open at the 30. There's not a defender within 15 yards of him. He's going to pick up the first down, and with him, who knows? He might take it to the house. Instead, Wentz tries to go to Pittman, forces the ball a little bit. Pittman had a step on a linebacker 
but he wasn't watching the safety. And he admits that he wasn't watching Kevin Byard at all. And Byard swooped in, intercepts the ball. It sets up the game winning field goal for the Titans. That's what you want to force Wentz into make him play hero ball. He's avoided it for a lot this year. It's one of the same things. One of the biggest things that Reich was able to do with Philip Rivers last year was get him to understand, Hey, just take what the defense has given you, you know, don't worry about it. Sometimes a punt's not the worst play. Take what's there. Be efficient. Make the plays when the shots are, are, are there, when the situation presents itself. Wentz had done that for the most part through seven weeks. The Titans were able to kind of hurry him up, get him a little bit, you know, into that kind of put the cape on and, and try to save the day. And I think that's, you know, that's what caused him trouble last year in Philadelphia. And that's the number one thing the Jets can do. And I think the way you do that is first you bottle up Taylor to the best that you can. And second, get that pressure, you know, and I know Quentin Williams is, is more than capable of doing that. Get that pressure on him, get him on the run, make him make, you know, poor decisions. That's your best chance. I think to, to, to get this offense off schedule. George Bremer covering the Colts for CNHI sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. Thanks so much for coming on, as always, George. Always a blast talking to you. Really appreciate it. For people that want to check out your work, connect with you on social media, how can they get a hold of you, and how can they read what you're writing? Check me out at GM Bremer on Twitter, and uh, HeraldBulletin.com is where all of my stories are. So uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game on Thursday. And I, I, I'm always interested to see how teams react after a tough loss like the Colts had on Sunday. You know, the division – even with Derrick Henry getting hurt, the division is a, is a really far hill to climb now for this team. You're in that morass of, of wild card teams. There's so many right now in the AFC. I think the Jets are coming off a huge win, and, and they've already proven they'll be Cincinnati and Tennessee this year. I don't think there's any way the Colts can overlook this team on Thursday night. As we saw with the Cincinnati Bengals, overlook the Jets at your own peril. So we'll see what happens with the Jets and the Colts later tonight. Thanks so much for coming on, George. Check out his work over at CNHI Sports and follow him on Twitter at GM Bremer. Also, check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has been putting up great videos. Some are up already. Some are going to be up soon. Elijah Vera Tucker, Michael Carter, Mike White. There's one even praising Mike LaFleur. So check all the videos out and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Check out our store over at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt. We've got the Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, Bless You, Thank You shirt. We've got the Zach the Ripper shirt. We've got the Play Like a Jet logo shirt. It's all there. You can get mugs, hats, all of that tpublic.com tee and give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.